Joining us as we take it from the boardroom to the bedroom on today. We have a jam-packed show for you from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is, this needs to be said, and the elephants in the room are going to be a few things. We're going to talk about your business, first things first. We're going to get into um, the dictionary of BDSM. If you don't know what that is, you can Google that and wait for Dr. Willahan to join us in just a little while. We also have... Uh, a special guest at the 3 o'clock hour, and then I will finish up with the 30-30-30 campaign. So if you are tuning in by logging through our web link, that's great. Try our phone app. You'll really like that. You don't have to be on the phone directly, or you can just call in at 347-994-3320 as you have been doing. Either way, we are trying to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to get into the show and get this information that we have for you. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back. This gives you time to get your pen and paper out, because class is in session. We're going to get started with Ms. Rhonda Nails, who is also known as the Success Instigator. We'll be right back. It's back. The Big Business on a Bankrupt Budget Workshop Tour is now the B4 Virtual Conference. The 2014 B4 Tour is about rebranding, rebooting, and rebuilding your business. Join us on April 1st, 2014 from the comfort of your desktop, laptop, or smartphone. Enjoy more speakers and more solutions. If you are in business, thinking about business, or stuck in business, don't miss the 2014 B4 Virtual Conference. Register your virtual seat today at the TNTBS Talk Show Fan page. You probably have homeowner's insurance, but is your home covered wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling? There's a good chance that something in your home will stop working and need to be repaired or replaced. And if it does, will you be able to afford it? Like your AC or central air and heat stops working. Your plumbing system or plumbing pipes leak or break. Your kitchen or laundry appliance goes on the fritz. Not again. Your water heater explodes. Your electrical system goes out. How about that pool and spa pump? Oh, no. If you have a claim on your homeowner's insurance, who's going to help you pay your homeowner's insurance deductible? If you're in a car accident, who will help pay your auto deductible? 
How about protecting your money and identity? Does your homeowner's insurance help with that? Let us show you how you can get benefits to protect you against all these situations, plus much more, all in one package. If I were you, I'd call today to see if your home qualifies. Like this family. Benefits provided through membership and a group. Let Brighton Travel help you with your getaway vacation or cruise. We're a full-service agency, so we specialize in honeymoons, hotel, air, and car rental as well. Call today at 704-491-3528, or you can reach us on the web at brightontravel.com.
Thank you for tuning in today to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Hey, Rhonda, how are you? Hey, Catherine. How are you? I am wonderful. You know what today is? It's hump day. Hump day. Now, anyway, but this week we're getting ready to go to the Queen City Awards, and we have been nominated as Radio Show of the Year for 2013, and we're going to find out if we are indeed the winners for 2013 to take home that award. So I'm really, really excited. We won. We already oh, spoke to already, okay, we won. Okay. I did. Well, I'm going to play like you didn't say that. I'm, I'm going to play like you didn't oh, say okay. that so I can be, like, hysterically excited <laughs> on Friday. That's because I want to do that. Like, I had no idea. I wasn't prepared. And I put this long speech. I love you, too. You know, ready for all of that. Um, yeah, excited and don't about that that's Friday. Oh gosh! Well, I better I better um, revisit the script. I didn't know to prepare that I'm preparing, yeah. you know, just in case, you know. But I'm looking forward to that for everyone who was nominated, for everyone who's doing their own thing, um, they're living their passion within the city of Charlotte, and the people who are affiliated with this award. Um, Kevin Glover has been doing this for seven years now. He has an official day. Um, and it was supposed to be in December. It is the official day is still in December, but some things happen, I suppose, to move it to January. But either way, it's a day that has been proclaimed by the mayor, Fox, before he left um, office and went to Washington. But there's so many people and so many talents that are being showcased on Friday night, and we're going to get to witness that. So even if people don't take home an individual trophy, we know that people are seeing our work because they've nominated us, and they're showing us that they love what we do. They appreciate what we do by even, you know, getting us on that ballot. So that in itself was huge. So I'm, I'm just really excited about that on Friday. And then you're coming down so you, that you I can am. be there too, so that you can. Charlotte, get see. ready, get ready. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're not going to be any trouble. We're going to have lots of fun. And Who are you lying? Back Do not lie to the listeners. Don't lie. Am I wasting we're a lot of lies? You wasted a lie. Wow. We're Eight days into the trouble. year, and I'm already overdrawn. <laughs> that, that itself is a problem. I, I think this is the fastest I've uh, messed up a New Year's resolution. I mean, at least now I can still play like I'm trying to lose weight if that would have been my it's New okay. Year's resolution. It's okay, okay. But, but anyway, the awards that one is coming trouble. up, and yeah. And you can get your tickets at queencityawards.com. So you want to go and just come and be out there, um, network with people, you know, and, and find out what you didn't know, who's performing, who's doing what, because they're going from venues to performers to um, everything, everything, and the list keeps growing every year. So you want to get out and network and get to know who you don't know in the city of Charlotte. It's a great opportunity. So that that is the plug for QueenCityAwards.com. You want to go out there and be a part of that, meet me and Rhonda in person and laugh with us, let your hair down, and Rhonda says we're receiving the award, so receive the award with us. All of that, all of that. Come and join us for that. But today, Rhonda, you have something for us. I have my pen and paper out. I'm ready. What you got? Wonderful. Today we're talking about the first thing that you need to do for your business in 2014. We're eight days in, and this is 
well, it, it, it's critical, it's crucial that you do this because all big businesses or all successful businesses have done this and they do it well. So let's just get right to it. So I said that it's critical before you buy your first business card, before you launch your website, before you put that PayPal button on your site, I need you to do this one simple thing. Now, everybody is on this New Year's resolution kick, right, claiming that they're going to pursue their purpose on purpose, uh, they're going to live their dream, they're going to do it big, yada, 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 right? Well, the truth is before you can dive into your purpose, before you live your dream, before you do it big, you have to learn to tell a story. Yes, a story, not a bedtime story. I'm not talking about an elevator speech or your 30-second pitch. I'm talking about your why, the reason most folks probably look too crazy because you do what you do or you want to do what you want to do. So if you haven't made your audience say wow yet, you haven't told a good story. And every famous, successful, long-term business, they know their story and they know how to tell their story. So first let me qualify why knowing your story is essential and then I'll, and then I'll show you how. So why stories are important for business. Well, stories they connect. That's bottom line, straight to the straight to the head. It, it's stories connect. When you're able to connect, then the cash is going to be in the connection. And if you don't believe me, you can check out the latest uh, movie release at the theater. You know, the, I think the last um, I looked at it yesterday, and the, the latest uh, number one movie. It's a cartoon. It's called Frozen, and it's about this mountaineer guy. Uh, and his reindeer that are trying to break this uh, icy spell or something along those lines. But the cartoon brought in close to $21 million. I'll say it again. A cartoon grossed nearly $21 million. Why is that? Because they know how to tell a good story. And we love stories. We buy stories on DVD. We'll get it in a game, video game. We'll go to church to hear a good story. We'll buy it in a book. We'll listen to it on audio, on our phone, on our tablet. The, the formats are endless. We love a good story. So how does this all relate to your business, right? Because we know stories sell and stories are good, stories connect. But how does it relate to your business? Well, Let's look at one well-known business today, Facebook. Most of you guys know uh, Facebook, and if you're in business, you probably have a Facebook fan page for your business, and if, you're, if you don't, then we probably need to talk later so that you can get one. But if you notice, popular fan pages are the ones that tell stories. They don't just put a bunch of ads up there saying half off, 50% off, buy this today, uh, limited time offer. They don't just sell. They provide a platform for the audience to be entertained, for them to be engaged, and then uh, obviously to be educated. Because if you do not have an educated audience about, you know, if your audience doesn't know what they're buying, they are not going to buy it. People don't buy things that they don't know about. Okay, so when you have an educated audience, you have a buying audience. Uh, once you have their attention, you know, uh, you, then you can throw in an offer or two. But the primary purpose is to tell a story. Now, Facebook is popular and well-liked because of the opportunity to sell a story, or I'm sorry, to tell a story. And Twitter, it does the same thing. Any social media site uh, does the same thing. It, tell, it allows you the opportunity to tell a story. Now, 
one thing I want you to do is go through your timeline, whether it be your business or your personal, whatever that is, or go to one that you admire, somebody's fan page that you admire, that maybe they they have a lot of engagement on on their timeline. Go to their timeline and see you know, are they telling, what story are they telling? Is it engaging? Is it funny? You know, is it worth returning? You have to learn to tell a good story that will captivate your audience. I've never, ever, ever seen someone who's extremely successful that didn't know how to captivate their audience with the story, whether it be true or not. The essence is in the story. So the burning question is how. How do you tell a story and make it work in your business? Well, the the key thing to do is to make it about your audience. Your story is never about you. Your story is always for the audience. Do you guys remember those books where you could choose what happened next and you could choose the ending? I love those books because no matter how many times I read it, I could go different routes and it could always have a different ending no matter what, right? Those books were fascinating to read because it required audience participation. So when you're able to get your audience to participate, they'll connect. Tell the story and then ask questions. Get some engagement going on. You know, the, 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 again, the cash is in the connection. Now, if any of you guys know my bio, and I'll share it briefly, in a nutshell, I utilize my three Bs, B as in boy, being blind in one eye, being broken as a single mother, and then being bankrupt. I use those three Bs to help other entrepreneurs push, and the push stands for pursue until success happens. So just in those two sentences, I just, I just told you a story. I utilized the obstacles that helped or the obstacles in my life to help other people in business. Now, it, telling your story is going to require a bit of transparency, but no one likes to do business with a robot, right? Think about when you call your insurance or your phone company and, then, and they make you go through that phone map. Press 1 for customer service, press 2 for technical assistance. Now, wouldn't you switch companies if you could just speak to an individual when you called? Yeah, I would. You know, the same thing applies in business. Become transparent so that your audience can reach you. Now, this doesn't mean that you blast every moment of your day or what's going on. This means that you cut that layer of, 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 of that wall that you have between you and your audience so that you're reachable, that you want to be reachable. Because when you do that, you know, when you're reachable, your, your audience is going to be able to identify with you. And when they identify with you, they're going to connect with you. And, again, we all know what happens when you connect. The cash is in the connection, right? So there are a couple ways that you can uh, tell your story. Of course, the big thing is use social media. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, Give, give some quotes. Give some funny lines. I'm going to the store at 3 in the morning. What's going on? Are you in traffic? Be transparent. Quick posts that are going to connect you to your audience. Or you can blog. I know a lot of people connect through blogging. And blogging doesn't mean that you have to write this uh, thesis of a blog, um, but it does mean that you're, again, being transparent. It could be two paragraphs. It could be one paragraph. The point is to be consistent. Or obviously my favorite, you could do it through video. Um, You can record audio, put it in a video, put some pictures up there, or you can use your smartphone and make a video that way. You can also create uh, quick pictures using quotes. 
I do that a lot. I have a Dear Entrepreneur series where um, basically it's on a black background and it's white lettering, and all it is is me posting my quotes. But pictures capture attention better than just text. Or you can have pictures that have tips on them. Uh, if you um, know something about finance or tax or, you know, we're coming up on tax season, create a picture, an info- infographic. Uh, make, you know, some engaging pics that ask a question. You know, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Something. You know, if you, if you have a blog, you're already halfway there. You know, you can go to your blog and then you, you can select a quote or two from your blog and turn that into an infographic. People love pictures. We love pictures. We, that's why billboards are, are, uh, are popular. Video is popular um, because we love pictures. We like being engaged. We like colors. We like bright things. You know, one of my favorite things to do is, uh, with my team partners is to help them build their business story. So we're actually doing that right now in my private group. It's called Team Push, and we're actually collaborating uh, on biz- you know, building business systems that generate passive income. But before we can get to the system itself, before we create that thing, we have to create the story behind the system. Now, I'm inviting each of you guys to join me in my private Facebook group, um, and you can inbox me for details, or you can visit the website and get signed up so you don't miss any of the information. By the way, tonight, 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 I'm hosting a free call, and just my team members really know about this, but you guys are now going to know about it. I'm hosting a free call about building business systems with my team. So if you want to join in on the call, shoot me an email or inbox me uh, so that I can get you the call details. You can also text me, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, but you can text me your business question or any information that you maybe want answered on my next segment. The number to text me is 919-972-8510, okay? Again, text me your business questions at 919-972-8510, and I'll answer them on the next segment, okay? So remember, free call tonight, inbox me or text me about that information, Um, and uh, don't forget Team Push. And remember, before you get the business card and the website and the PayPal button and before you get your, your logo and all that stuff, make sure that you know your story and make sure that you know how to tell your story. Okay, so Catherine, thanks again for having for, for the opportunity to share with the listeners. You guys can always connect with me at project-push.org. Again, that's project-push.org, and we will chat next time. Thank you so much, Rhonda. It's back. The Big Business on a Bankrupt Budget Workshop Tour is now the B4 Virtual Conference. The 2014 B4 Tour is about rebranding, rebooting, and rebuilding your business. Join us on April 1st, 2014 from the comfort of your desktop, laptop, or smartphone. Enjoy more speakers and more solutions. If you are in business, thinking about business, or stuck in business, don't miss the 2014 B4 Virtual Conference. Register your virtual seat today at the TNTBS Talk Show fan page. Create a buzz around your product or service through our custom-made media exposure packages. Get the recognition your business deserves. Show off your hard work through radio, television, and print media. 
we will place your product or service in 10 different media outlets. Let's give them something to talk about. Contact us today at info at thisneedstobesaid.com. That's info at thisneedstobesaid.com. You probably have homeowner's insurance, but is your home covered wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling? There's a good chance that something in your home will stop working and need to be repaired or replaced. And if it does, will you be able to afford it? Like your AC or central air and heat stops working. Your plumbing system or plumbing pipes leak or break. Your kitchen or laundry appliance goes on the fritz. Not again. Your water heater explodes. Your electrical system goes out. How about that pool and spa pump? Oh, no. If you have a claim on your homeowner's insurance, who's going to help you pay your homeowner's insurance deductible? If you're in a car accident, Who will help pay your auto deductible? How about protecting your money and identity? Does your homeowner's insurance help with that? Let us show you how you can get benefits to protect you against all these situations, plus much more, all in one package. If I were you, I'd call today to see if your home qualifies, like this family. Benefits provided through membership and a group association. If you missed the J. Rouse show, shame on you. Here's what you missed. I was, I was, I was. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, baby. Oh, Cheryl, girl, you know. This makes me feel makes me feel something, baby. Yes, baby. Oh, oh God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Cheryl, baby. I got a, I got a spoken word for Cheryl. Cheryl, can I be your ex? That's the name of a girl. Cheryl, baby, can I be your ex? Which means I could be your next lover, baby. I want you to touch me, baby. Come on, baby. Will you be my girlfriend? Say yes. And then break up with me real quick so I say no. And then, baby, so we mean you can do the wild thing, baby. Yeah. <laughs> girl, girl, I love you, baby. You my girl. But I got to break up with you because you know you rock my world, baby. I want to touch you. I want to feel you, baby. Come and get me. Come and caress me. I am yours, girl. Why are you playing, Jay? Oh, yes, Cheryl. Take that with you, Cheryl, and be blessed, my love. Be blessed. Be blessed. (laughs) (laughs) See what you've been missing? The Jay Rouse Show, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturday, 5 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on BTR Radio.
when the Fifty Shades of Grey books came out because the theme of the books were around uh, dominance and submission, and dominance and submission often involve, can be linked to uh, the BDSM behaviors. And so uh, the curiosity uh, became more interesting probably because in the books it sort of not normalized it but made it a little less intimidating or a little more sexy. Uh, so the writing uh, made the behaviors seem not so bad, but there were parts of the book where it seemed very bad and very weird. Um, and so it's as with everything in sex, it's in the eye of the beholder. So, so that's going to be a lot about what we talk about today uh, when we talk about this this uh, group of uh, fetishes. BDSM, and there is a dictionary. I did not know that there was a dictionary out there. And you, when when you look at it, some of the stuff you you probably have already fantasized about, you kind of play with it in your head, you right. have some idea. So it's not really as far-fetched as you may think. And when we say fetishes, you may think, oh, that's weird. It's not really. Um, right. And so, weird so, something really, so a couple common things, like people would say, well, that's not really that. Well, sure it is. So uh, blindfolding. So Sometimes people use blindfolds. I've talked about blindfolding numerous yep. times to desensitize to, for a couple reasons. One is to uh, take the stress or the visual part out of, oh, I'm in my same tired-ass bedroom. Uh, so you blindfold the woman so she, A, doesn't see her surroundings as i got to clean that pile of clothes up in the corner or dust the mm-hmm. cobwebs off the ceiling. And the second part is when the eyes are taken out of it, it heightens the other senses. So it helps intensify the touch and the feeling and the smelling and the hearing, and it uh, takes away the seeing. Um, It also helps in the boredom because now you can fantasize that you're with another mate uh, instead of the same old tired husband that you've been with. So so blindfolding is a, a very mellow part in this group of fetishes, and so is spankings. And spankings, you know, can be anything from, you know, it, some people go, oh, yeah, I'm not into that. And then we'll go, so you were never sitting on top, you know, your, of your partner doing your thing and he, you know, tapped your butt to move you along a little faster or to, you know, just to say giddy up, girl. Uh, uh-huh. um, um, it doesn't have to be a, a beating. Uh, so while some people are really into that whole beating thing, um, a simple spanking uh, can fall right into that, or a love tap, you know, and, and some people mm-hmm. enjoy that. Absolutely. So there's a very Absolutely. wide spectrum of behaviors. And you will be surprised where you fall in this. You may oh, not yeah. Have, you may not have, like, a, a, a group that you go into and, and we all do this together. It's not a huge orgy kind of thing. However, as I read the dictionary, it could be. Um, yep. So there, you, you need to look this stuff up, but definitely pay attention to uh, the conversation for today. So I want to go to the first question. Um, okay. Because I know people may be getting a little weirded out or a little uncomfortable. Would you say a person, this, that, that there's something wrong with a person who is into BDSM? No. So So first of all, the people who are into different fetishes look like the banker, 
the the guy who fixes the plumbing, the guy, the gal who uh, is the flight attendant at the airlines. They're everyday people. Um, and you would not guess in their regular life uh, that they have this special turn-on. Uh, I can think of an instance recently where um, a single friend, guy friend of mine, 54-ish, um, normal normal guy, whatever that is, uh, you know, you know, athletic, met a girl who he was totally visually turned on by. As they were dating, she said, you know, I sort of like, you know, if you'll spank me or whatever. And so he was like, okay. And then she said, you know, there's this big party coming up this weekend. Would you go? And he said, sure. And then he described the event. And he went to this event where all these types of behaviors were going on in several rooms of this, uh, like a hotel, sort of like in a banquet area. And it, it ranged from photo shoots to spankings to tying up to to people and and he you know you he went and you don't really have to participate he was just fascinated by watching and that in itself was stimulating him by the way he was aroused at watching that but the girl uh liked to be the um dom she wanted to be the spanker and oh, wow. uh, so she got to go in, and, and he, he said it was sort of weird watching her get into her thing. Uh, but he was sort of fascinated by the whole thing, and, and, and he just said, in his mind, it wasn't really what he thought was for him, but he was sort of fascinated by the whole event. So it can be anybody. It can be somebody you've just met that has this secret behavior. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole language that is surrounding this. So it's not just the actions or the activities. Oh, yeah, and all the, props, all the props have different names. And, 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 and yeah. obviously there's different levels. So, so you can go in any adult toy store and buy, a li- you know, little whips and little, little flogs, but they're little soft leather, barely touching you, n- not weapons. And then there's some that look like, weapons, archaic weapons from, from you know, years ago. Uh, so, so one sort of simulates the idea of it and is enough to turn the people on, and others really need the hardcore stimulation of getting spanked or, or doing the beating uh, or whatever the, you know, whatever the leather. I mean, there's leather involved in, in much of it or rubber. Rubber's big, too. Um, harnesses, you know, so so um, so there's a whole spectrum of intensity of the behaviors. Now, would you say the type of people that participate in these activities are they considered bisexual or gay? It could be anybody. So there's straight couples that do it. So or heterosexuals. There's people that. Um, enjoy group activities so they're just as happy having sex with a guy or a girl so those you know traditional people would call that bisexual um and then gay gay guys may so there could be all of these populations within an event uh now obviously some people do their they're entertaining in private or in private clubs, and that, but there are national meetings that occur in Fort Lauderdale, Florida is big for this, and they have carry and they'll fill up a whole Marriott uh, with these uh, people that come with all their costumes and 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 props and 
and have a, a fine old weekend. So, and remember that there's a there's a line or a spectrum of completely straight to completely uh, uh, homosexual, and most people don't fall into one extreme or the other. They fall somewhere along the line. Um, so. It, People who I'll, uh, so I did a lecture in in the island of Palm Beach uh, to what seemed to be very very heterosexual couples, uh, older couples. Later on, one man contacted me and he said, "You know, I really love feeling sex from a man. I don't do it often. I get to do it about three times a year, but I enjoy it and will never stop that." But I'm not gay, I'm heterosexual, and so that's just men who have sex with men, but are primarily heterosexual. So the labels don't always fit. It's hard to label people um, in that regard. So you can't really tell by someone's exterior or what they're participating in right now what they really like. Uh, Now, do you think that there are some psychological reasons that this attracts, this type of behavior and sex attracts people. Yeah, so in fetishes and in fetishes in general when you when you just read about the general category of all the fetishes. Just how about somebody with a uh, a shoe fetish. The the whole idea of the shoe fetish is that it's attached to the foot, which is attached to the leg, which goes to the thigh and up to the crack. And so it's really the vagina that is the end point, but it's the fascination that it starts with the foot. Uh and so but in a lot of the BDSM uh, fetishes, there's some, there, there is some literature, uh, but it certainly doesn't fit everybody, that perhaps there was some abuse in early childhood. But that can, some people get abused and never have weird fetishes. And some people get abused and do have fetishes and some people don't have sex at all. Um, so, yes, it can be linked to that, but it's certainly not the majority um, okay. It can be people who are, are ha, have witnessed violence of some sort in their life, and the way their brain interpreted it became a sexual violence as opposed to just blatant violence. You know, so yes, uh-huh. there can be something in the history that can be identified, but it does not incorporate the the whole population of people who enjoy these behaviors. All right, now. What is it about, I'm going to put these two questions together, what is it about being controlled and what is it about controlling another that is a turn on? Yeah, so who knows, you know, uh, first of all, everybody in life sort of, you could ask most people, are you the controller or the control, the one that is controlled? So even in a workplace, in your business, uh, I imagine you are the controller um, and there are people that work for you that are just as happy being controlled or being the person who does whatever you say because you're really a good boss and you you hand out chores and jobs and, and they feel very competent in when they provide for you their job. So so everybody sort of identifies where they are as the the boss or the, the employee kind of thing. And in BDSM, one person is in charge and the other one is the submissive and and the and I will tell you that there are people who appear to be highly bossy or the head of organizations or the CEOs of of powerful places 
that their favorite thing is to be the submissive in the uh, in the BDSM lifestyle uh, because that's what turns them on. Because remember, all of this is linked to what it make what what becomes erotica. You know what what arouses them and turns them on. It's really all about that. It doesn't have to make sense. So the controller loves the power of making the submissive do stuff, especially if they see they enjoy it. Uh, the submissive loves to please the controller uh, and loves to do see the pleasure in the the the, the controller the doms um, um, uh, eyes when they are getting to be in charge and do what they want. Uh, this seems sort of played out in the Fifty Shades of Grey books where, first of all, she was horrified by all the equipment and tor- torture devices, and as she evolved and became more in love with the guy, the dom, she allowed him to do more things to her because she saw how pleasurable it was for him. So a lot of it is about pleasing your partner. So this could still fall in line with um, role-playing then. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think a, a lot of people I think a lot of people who think they do BDSM uh, or especially bondage uh, uh, and discipline think they're really BDSM, but compared to the hardcore people who take this seriously, they're they're really doing more role playing than 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 really engaging in that that uh, fetish full force. Uh, so, so yeah, it can, it can just be what you want the brain. So, so if a girl puts dons on a leather thong and a leather bra and a pair of boots and, and some, some dramatic makeup and, um, and then either tells the, the male, depending on how she perceives his ability to participate, I'm going to whip you with this whip or get on your knees and I'm going to what or, or does the opposite and says, you know, you know, spank me or uh or you know, tie me up or or, or whatever. Um a lot of times just talking about it is enough turn on or the visual appeal of the outfit uh on either partner is enough. When you I don't know if you've ever googled some of the pictures, uh if you google this on, you know, Google yeah. image you can see, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff looks scary, and some of the stuff looks like hmm, I would do that uh, because it doesn't. Whatever it's ever, it's however your brain processes the uh, the image. So, for instance, when I see the images that um, are the masks, the leather masks that you can't really uh-huh. see much except for the mouth and the eyes. I don't know, that always relates to me probably from a bad movie that I saw when I was a kid, bad murder, like a murder scene, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so that's a scary vision to me. Um, But there's some of those other costumes are pretty damn sexy. Uh, So so it's how how you see the costume and how it sits in your brain from your previous life experience. Mm, Okay. Pretty cool. This, this is this is just like I was like wow when the topic was I was really like oh, I hadn't talked yeah. about this yet. Okay, now you know we love stories. So are there any <laughs> stories that 
could, that, you know, has, has anyone shared with you? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so first of all, it's interesting, you know, this comes up often, like, do you see anybody with this? I'll bet those people are really fucked up. And um, in most of the situations where people do fetishes or participate in fetishes or swinging or any kind of unusual sexual practice to the general population, we don't see a lot of those in sexual health because they're really happy doing what they're doing. So it brings them such pleasure to express it their way that as long as they're engaged in it with others that are just as happy, there's no sexual dysfunction. So we don't really see complaints of, oh, God, my guy's got to beat me all the time, and I'm really getting tired of the welts on my ass, you know. It's not that, uh, because usually the people that connect and share are, you know, and I don't really even, I can't really even say that I've seen couples that say, my husband's divorcing me uh, because he needs to be in this BDSM fetish and I'm not into it. It, you know, because the person who's into it will often keep it so quiet that if they think it's not accepted, they'll they'll do it secretly. Um, so we don't see that a lot in sexual dysfunction. So my most recent um, discussion about it was with my friend who was dating this hot chick and ends up at this BDSM event that was very impressive based on all the plate. You know, I wanted more detail about what did they do in this room, and what, what, you know, and who had the most, you know, and were there more girls in here than guys, and who seemed to be the happiest, and who were they the opposite role plays that you would expect. I was, like, you know, pimping them for as much data as I could get. All the information, that's right. Yeah. He was really a good historian because he knew that I was interested in this. So he came back with a lot of detail. Um, um, Now, uh, one of my um, favorite bartenders uh, up, up in your neck of the woods um, was very into this behavior. He happened to be a gay guy, um, um, but that didn't matter because it really had nothing to do with his fetish. In fact, he he said to me one day while he was pouring a drink at his place where he worked, um, he knew what I did for a living, and he said, you know what one of my fetishes is? And he said, uh, I want to... The girl, he says, I want the girl to be, you know, bent over a chair or whatever. And I'm wearing a leather butcher's apron, and I'm thinking, I don't even know if I know what that is. But he was describing it to me. I guess it's like a rubber, a black rubber apron. And oh, I said, uh, and she, the girl, only has a football helmet on. Oh, by the way, she was a redhead, and as you know, I'm a redhead, so I was getting oh. a little nervous. <laughs> Right. So he How says fitting. she's she's always a redhead, and I have her bent over the chair, and she has a football helmet on, and I'm crashing bottles of wine over her head. And uh, I said, "What's the black apron for?" He goes, "Oh, just to protect me from the splatter of the glass." It wasn't to protect oh, her; okay. it was to protect him. Um, and, and so I'm sitting there listening, and you know, I said to my sister. Do not invite him to any parties at our house. <laughs> None. None of them. He's not allowed. And he he was a guy that liked to go to New Orleans and participate in the dungeon type of uh, of behaviors. Um, but otherwise, nobody would know this about him. Um, um, there are people who have uh, discussed 
that in their relationship that the one partner likes to be the dom and, oh, you know, he likes to, he gets really turned on if he gets to spank me or he loves tying me up or, um, but a lot, so to me, it's, it's, it's what the intent it is done with. If it's done with violence and, and anger, that might be a really scary for a person and that person will never participate. But if it's done lovingly and, or laughing or joking or with trust or with a quick release on your restraints that you know you can get out if you had to. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, everybody, like, worries that they're going to get left in the hotel room and, and uh, well, we've seen you the know, we've seen and your mother-in-law will come. Right. Because <laughs> exactly. in the movies, that's what they show. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be seen. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but, by the way, the Dom loves that the the sub trusts him enough, or her, whoever's in charge, to allow the four-point restraints, like half of the turn-on is, you let me do this to you. Uh It really uh isn't about the sex. The arousal is, you trusted me enough to let me put you in this really submissive position. Yeah. And so, please know how to work your equipment. Not you know. Yeah. Just please know how, because I think one of well, the well, yes, that's trust, another one. <laughs> oh gosh, and building trust, you want to let them know. Listen, yeah. okay, I'm doing this, especially if you're introducing something new. I'm doing this. However, at any point when you're uncomfortable, this is how you release yourself. You right. know, and right. that way, um, you you don't feel like I I hear you when you say you know this person loves that you trust them, that that is, right. that is, you know, because you're in an intimate space and I'm sharing right. this fetish with you or I'm this and there's for, And there's you. risk for harm, right? If you're using mm-hmm. nipple clips or sticking uh, uh, a warm vibrating device up somebody's butt, if you do any of those things too fast or too aggressively to tissue that's not used to it. So, so. If you have someone who never gets nipple stimulation and somebody sticks a clip, a nipple clip, on the nipples, that's going to be really painful. But if somebody's really into piercings and nipple clips and their nipples have got, and she's breastfed six babies, and, you know, those nipples are going to be a little bit more calloused, if you will, or used mm-hmm. or destimulated or desensitized. So uh, the nipple clip will have maybe a more provocative feeling for that person than the person who's barely breathing on them can stimulate those nipples. And the same for any kind of toy. Every orifice will pretty much stretch given the right pace and an amount of time and doing uh-huh. it gradually. And so it's, it's trusting that the person who wants to do it um, knows the limit and uh, and I and I would also tell you that the people will tell me that when the person seems so knowledgeable about what they're going to do, that it's almost a turn on to the other person. Like, oh my God, I don't know what she's going to do to me, or I don't know what he's going to do to me. But the fact that they know exactly what they're doing and they're telling me about it is a turn on. Wow, that's yeah. huge. Now you Interesting know, we lifestyle. met. It is. 
You know we met years ago. One of our first conversations was about surrogates. Surrogates. Oh, every time I see the word surrogates on your paperwork, I'm like, this is her, this is her fetish. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, and I want to know, would a surrogate, a sexual surrogate, be a part of this type of lifestyle? Well, so, so the, just, just checking. I'm just wondering if I could incorporate that into my resume. Um, yeah. So, the only rule, so, so remember that the surrogate, the sexual surrogate, is really just like the coach, the how-to. Um, this is how you uh, gently use a penis in the vagina to stimulate your partner. This is how you stroke the penis. This is how you give oral sex, whatever. The surrogate is the knowledgeable sex partner that is the teacher. So uh-huh. if a couple came to a surrogate and said, we think by our reading that we're turned on we read 50 shades of gray and we think we want to do some of this but we're not sure what's safe and what's not safe and how you do it so can you help us so Uh the surrogate getting involved in that regard would be yes you know uh you know that could be involved but that that would be the only way because the surrogate is always the teacher so so in that regard yes now, if the surrogate was playing the other partner uh, because one of the couple didn't want to do BDSM and the other did, uh, but they wanted to be present with a neutral party, then I guess. But I would see it less of, less of a role there and more of a role as a teacher. Okay. And so you can still do that question. in your resume. You, you can, that can be your expertise. Okay. All right. I'm putting that down right now. Okay. Education. Good. It's all about education. That's right. In this in this type of lifestyle, does it often include more than the two people in a relationship? What's, what, be, what have you found to be, like, what's standard? Ah, uh, there is no standard for sure. Um, okay. And I would say anything, any types of fetishes in general are more likely to attract an, a more open mind, a, a more open sexual mind, and therefore – um, certainly when they meet the people who are att- attracted to the big meetings and the annual meetings at these hotels, they're looking for group activity. They don't have any, mo- any problem, you know, participating in group activity. The couple who just wants to add this to their thing, you know, their bucket list of something they've tried together, that couple's going to go down to, uh, you know, Adam and Eve or one of the, you know, to- toy stores and buy some of their favorite items and say, let's go home and play with this and see if we like it. So, um, and I would say that's more on the milder spectrum as opposed to the people who go to the annual meetings that are fully engaged or the ones who participate in the parties or seek out the groups uh, for the variety of behaviors that are involved. Oh, Wow. This has been great. And I'm sitting over here, I'm like, i got to shake the extra energy off because I'm like, I can't believe we did it. I can't believe. I'm just like a kid in a candy store when there's more information. When people bring stuff to me that they want us to talk about, it's real different for me, like, just coming up with something on my own. But someone came to me, and I was like, yes. We did it. Yeah, well, you know, know, like I always say to you and, and others who, to me, I talk about this stuff all the time, so it, it all sort of 
seems not boring but routine. So I need people, tell me what you want to know about. And then when people, when you come up with a great topic like this, I say, absolutely, this is a great discussion. And these were, as usual, you always have the most, you know, I have a new staff member, and I, I told her uh, the, the best questions come out of Catherine's audience because they're real. It's the shit that people want to know. And yeah. uh, and we tell it straight, which is the best part of Blog Talk Radio. And yeah. uh, um, so I think it's wonderful uh, that you bring the the real answers because you don't really get this stuff anywhere. It's always, you know, there's always someone looking over your shoulder telling you what you can or cannot say or what's politically correct uh, or not. So you deliver it. Uh, yeah. It needs to be said. Absolutely. I want you to tell everyone about your book. I believe Anne just um, posted to me, I was asking her about the tour. She did two stops in Texas. About she your, was in Texas, and, and you know, so Anne has been, um, Anne Rogers has been learning how to be on TV, and she had some somewhat briefly awkward couple first appearances, mostly because her first TV appearances were live, uh-huh. which are always harder. You really need to be comfortable in front of a taped camera, taping before you go live. But anyway, yeah. she wow. she learned the hard way uh, because she was sort of frozen in time. But she uh-huh. did a rockin' interview in San Antonio. That she it okay. was a ten-minute live that killed it. It was just great. She was awesome. So kiss and tell. Uh, it's secrets of sexual desire from women fifteen to ninety-seven. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Kindle, Barnes and Noble, Nook. Um, it's and they can either surf kiss and they can also go to the website, which is kissandtellbook.com, and there's a link on the website to get to the book. So it's really a fun read, and there's obviously some of the stuff that's in there. It's all about what women say they like at every age. All right, sounds good, and seems like you guys are picking up momentum with the book and. Just um, yeah. having a, a male-friendly cover or a cover if someone doesn't necessarily want the sensual cover, they just want something, you know, neutral, they can have yeah. that cover. So you guys have listened to what the readers readers have said and, yep. you know, I'm much success to you all. I'm looking for more interviews. Well, it'll be fine. You know, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing a men's prayer breakfast in Charlotte uh, coming up uh, February 15th or something, mm, uh, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. Uh, but the the gal who asked me to come has heard me. She knows how I talk. So oh, I'm like, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. A men's prayer breakfast? And she says, well, you've talked to the ladies' you know, prayer breakfast thing before. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I'll deliver it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and they're gonna they're gonna get what they need. The thing that I wanted us to do with this, and I know I gotta get ready to let you go. Uh, we're over our time with you. Is I want people to be able to live their life without blushing, talking in low whispers. Right. We we right. started out giggling when I first. I was like, she's gonna really let me ask her this stuff. That was like almost four years ago now. So yep. I want You're people. An, it's to be like Anne. Anne was blushing when we wrote the book, and now she's an expert. And same with you. Once. It, you oh, yeah. get desensitized because it's real. It's everyday stuff. Yeah, yeah. And not desensitized in a bad way. I want people to be clear about that. But desensitized in a way that you know that this is a conversation that we don't have to have an elephant in the room about. Right. That this isn't embarrassing. Say, this is everyday. It shouldn't be. Yeah. This is it life. Shouldn't be, and you shouldn't be nervous about approaching your partner about something you want to try. How do I introduce right. these things? And those are all of our conversations for you. Thank you, Dr. Right. Wilhan, as always, for having these All conversations right. where we can keep the elephants out of the bedroom at least, right? <laughs> I'll see you next time. All right. Bye now. See you. 
All right, in just a moment, we're going to get to talk with another special guest, so don't you go anyplace. We'll be right back. Create a buzz around your product or service through our custom-made media exposure packages. Get the recognition your business deserves. Show off your hard work through radio, television, and print media. We will place your product or service in 10 different media outlets. Let's give them something to talk about. Contact us today at info at thisneedstobesaid.com. That's info at thisneedstobesaid.com. Let Brighton Travel help you with your getaway vacation or cruise. We're a full-service agency, so we specialize in honeymoons, hotel, air, and car rental as well. Call today at 704-491-3528, or you can reach us on the web at brightontravel.com. It's back. The Big Business on a Bankrupt Budget Workshop Tour is now the B4 Virtual Conference. The 2014 B4 Tour is about rebranding, rebooting, and rebuilding your business. Join us on April 1st, 2014 from the comfort of your desktop, laptop, or smartphone. Enjoy more speakers and more solutions. If you are in business, thinking about business, or stuck in business, don't miss the 2014 B4 Virtual Conference. Register your virtual seat today at the TNT BS Talk Show fan page.
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. Now, we just got the bedroom hot and steamy for you. So we want to know, are you considering bringing in some newbies to this world? Are you planning on um, a new way of bringing, having um, your children? Now, instead of going to the hospital, have you considered a new birthing method? If you have been tinkering with the idea, but you said, I'm not really sure, I don't have enough information, we have someone here from rootmama.org. Sister Freya is going to share with us her expertise and give you some more information about choosing a different birthing method for your children. All right? This time I'd like to welcome Sister Freya to the show. How are you? Peace. I am wonderful. And I was just catching the tail end of the last uh, the last uh, show, the last interview, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, perfect. Yeah, you get them pregnant and then send them to me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what I want you to do is introduce yourself to the audience and then tell them why RootMama.com is, in, is so important to you. Absolutely. My name is Sister Freya Modani. And I am a doula. And for the listening audience who aren't as familiar with what a doula is, a doula is a healthy pregnancy coach and a labor and delivery assistant. So I work with women and families in the perinatal year from preconception all the way up to baby's first year. And my company's name is Root Mama Maternal Care, and I'm just passionate about women's health and welcoming our babies into the world in a peaceful manner. And that's pretty much the inspiration um, of why I got started and, and why I do what I do. Now, what do you say to those of us who say, but I need an epidural, Sister Freya. I'm going to need some, some medication. I hear what you're saying, but what about the pain? I've heard that it's terrible. What do you say? Um, well, we live in the culture, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that make a lot of money off of this, the fear of mm. things that are very natural processes. Um, and one of the things that's really inspiring to me is my great-grandmother, who we all call Mama Deer. Mama Deer had 17 children in rural Arkansas at home. So this was before the time of epidurals and all of that, and, um, and she lived to, to be a very uh, healthy woman into her 90s. So what I say to that is what I, my personal philosophy is I just educate the mothers and the families about what is the epidural, um, what are the, what's the process involved with that, when to ask for it, um, what is, how is it going to affect you, how is it going to affect your baby, how is it going to affect the process of birth. And after uh-huh. being armed with all of that information, and if a family wants to move forward with a, an epidural, then they can still benefit from doula support. Uh-huh. Okay. If you want um, to help initiate breastfeeding after the baby's born, to help take care of the mother, to mother the mother. So our philosophy is we don't, we don't shove anything down any of our clients' throats in terms of whether it has to be natural or whatever medications they want to utilize. But a lot of times women say, oh, man, I wish I would have known that I was Uh going to have backaches for 25 years after the epidural. No one ever told me that. I wish that I had known that my baby was going to be sleepy and wouldn't be able to latch after having my epidural. No one ever told me that. I wish that Uh 
I would I would have known that I wouldn't have been able to get out of the the, bat, the the bed to use the restroom and walk around. No one ever told me that. So we try to make sure you're you're well educated and you have all those consent forms ahead of time. So nothing's a surprise to you come Labor Day. Now I heard you use a term. Did you say mother? The mother? Yes. Okay. Explain that. Well, a lot of times we live in a, when a mom is pregnant, we live in a very baby-focused um, society where everything is just about the baby, baby showers, mm. et cetera, gender mm-hmm. reveal parties. Everything is just around the baby. So the mom is really, you know, she's thrust into the spotlight with all this information, people randomly coming up and touching her stomach and things of that nature. And then mm. after the baby comes, you know, there's all kinds of things hormonally going on with mom because she's lost that placenta, something that was in her for 40-plus weeks or around, you know, and so that can just be really traumatic. So what we have to do is the societies really get better at continuing to mother that mother. She's going to be putting all of her energy into that newborn. Well, who's going to be looking after her, making sure she's drinking enough water, making sure her nutrition is good, making sure she's keeping up with her uh, postnatal appointments and all of that, giving her the TLC so that she has the energy to really be there for her baby. That sounds extremely valuable. I'm just thinking my children, my youngest son is 13 years old right now. My older children are in their 20s, and I can remember struggling with that. You feel like nobody's really there for you. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason that they're around is so they can see the baby, and hopefully they're there long enough that you can get them to warm up a bottle or let you take a nap or all of those things. You you get that information short, you know, for a short period of time in the hospital when they say make sure you drink a lot of water, and it's up to you to remember to do that. But this sounds like a very caring environment, and that answers one of the questions of why, you know, why should I choose a doula for my next birth? And not just for the baby, because, see, that, that's where my mind would have been, okay, well, I'm going to have a doula. She's going to help me, you know, deliver this baby in a, a unique way, stress-free, not thinking about myself. And you, I, I heard you say mother to mother, and I wanted to really pull that out of there because when you explained it, it sounds so nurturing. It sounds welcoming. It sounds like I'm going to be more likely to avoid the postpartum depression. Am I going in the right direction with my thinking from what you explained to me? Absolutely. And I know that we have a mixed audience listening today. Um, we don't necessarily have moms or pregnant women, but and a lot of times when I tell people what I do, they say, oh, doula, oh, oh, I'm done with that. You know, I'm 55. I ain't having no more kids or whatever. And then when mm-hmm, I start mm-hmm. questioning them, I'm like, well, what about your daughter? oh, yeah, actually, my daughter is playing, you know, she just got married. She wants to have a baby. Or, you know what, this girl that goes to my church, you know, she's pregnant. When I, If I just, we have a, a zero-degree separation from somebody that's pregnant. And we, uh-huh. as a village, it's really our responsibility to look after the pregnant, the pregnant women, the vulnerable time of a woman's, of a woman's life when she's pregnant uh-huh. and just after having given birth. So what a doula can do for the mom and for the family is really facilitate them, give them the language and the tools and the encouragement and the empowerment to really coordinate that postpartum care because it can make the difference in between a mom having a little bit of baby blues versus full-blown postpartum depression. And that's something that we want to 
um, that's something that we want to avoid if we can. And if a mom has a history of depression outside of her, um, before her pregnancy, then she's going to be uh-huh. more prone to have postpartum depression. And so what a doula can do is, like I said, come in and help coordinate that. And then a doula can also sort of flag things that are not normal. A little bit of baby blues is okay. I mean, randomly crying. I mean, I know women who are on the line who've, been, who've had given birth, you can sort of agree with that. You don't necessarily oh, know why goodness. you're crying. You just randomly, you, you just know. cry. And crying like crying. boo-boo crying. Yeah. 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 And that's normal. So that a little bit of that is normal. But when mommy is not responding to baby's cries, when mommy's not taking baths for days at a time, when mom's not getting out of bed, when mom seems emotionally disconnected from what's going on around her, just sort of despondent and just a uh-huh. little spaced out, um, crying that does not stop, those are all things that are we want a red flag. A lot of times okay. what I've noticed with the moms, even when they're going to the obstetrician, they have weeks of time that they're not seeing their doctor. So there's all sorts of things happening in between the interim. The doctor isn't calling you, and a lot of times moms don't want to be a bother. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to bother their doctor. So we as a community can sort of say, you know what, hey, that doesn't look right. I'm going to go ahead and, and get somebody. I'm going to call somebody because this is not normal. Uh-huh. So yeah. you're with the mom through the pregnancy or because you may, I think you said this at the beginning but I want to revisit that. When does your relationship with the mom begin? Is it when the baby is born or during the pregnancy? Um <clears throat> sometimes women contact me because they're trying to get pregnant and they want to start their pregnancy out on the on the best note possible. So we'll do preconception fertility uh, consultations for them and get them herbs to get them started on the right foot. And then in terms of pregnancy, we may get someone calling us at six weeks versus 39 weeks versus I'm, I think I'm due now, but I think I want to do it now. So then we have to fast track everything. So uh-huh. I always tell my mom, you know, if you can if you can contact the doula like earlier in your pregnancy, that's better, but we just sort of, Wherever the wherever the mom finds us, we just sort of tailor her care based off of when she comes in the door. Okay. Now, I wanted to go back to that because when you said your mother and the mother, you're, you're giving her what she doesn't normally get. Would you say what you offer keeps the mom, I guess, a little more at ease as opposed to feeling like she has to demand, you go to the store right now and get what I'm craving or all of the things that pregnant women demand um, during pregnancy because they don't necessarily have someone that's there, so they're demanding and pushing everyone around, you know, like the the guy who got them pregnant. You have to mm-hmm. go get me this stuff now. You have to put my feet up now. You have to do this now for me. Do you think that your position brings ease to that, or that's, that's going to happen anyway? Well, for the majority of women I I encounter, is usually the opposite. They usually don't want to be demanding. They usually... They don't, they usually, they're used to doing everything by themselves, so they're trying to do everything by themselves. They're not empowering Mm -hmm. those around them, this is what I need, and clearly communicating it. They're trying to do it themselves, Mm -hmm. but they just sit and they suffer in isolation. And what we do is we really counsel with the mothers to help them. um, Here's some language, here's some tools, here's some way we, we can organize things so that you can really sort of, Bring in your village, bring in your extended family and your spouse, partner, mate, 
um, to really support you throughout this pregnancy and afterwards. And one thing that Root Mama has been focusing on extremely um, intensively this month is that about postpartum because it's just oh. sort of the the link that's kind of, you know, kind of brushed under the, the table a little bit. And we're just, oh, the pregnancy and the delivery. But what about, what, what about bringing baby home? What about that fourth trimester? That's where we're seeing yeah. so much so much need in terms of um, especially the, the rate of African-American babies that are not making it to their first year. Why is that? Why is such a high percentage of black women suffering from postpartum depression? Why is that? And what can we do um, ourselves as a company to address that? And in and, and, and greater the community, what can we do to make sure that moms are having, are feeling successful at just entering, especially the first-time moms? Mm. This is really good. Because you don't know, you, all of these things you're talking about, you don't know. You're just experiencing them. You're just going through them, and you just figured that we'll figure it out along the way. And I have to say it was very frustrating. And I even told my older children, and thank goodness you guys made it to adulthood because I had no idea what I was doing. There's no instruction book that I know of right. that's out there. So for someone like yourself to be trained in this area and to have a passion to have, you know, healthy moms and healthy babies brought into this world, uh, we we need more conversations like this because people are either, you know, talking about having a baby or having a baby um, or having a grandbaby. My cousins, um, my cousins just had a baby yesterday. I, I think seven minutes the baby was here and they're posting on Facebook already. And, of course, they're, they're passing the baby around. But, what happens, you know, after they get home and, and the kind of the newness wears off and mom is trying to get rest because she has to be up every few hours with the baby, you know, it goes back into that same cycle of, you know, what you're trying to avoid by offering your services um, to mother the mother to make sure her needs are being met as well as the baby's needs are being met. What are some tips, because you are in Texas, so for people that are not in your area, and we'll give exactly where you are for our listeners in Texas, what are some tips someone needs to know when they're thinking of alternate birthing situations and considering a doula? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what are some things to take into consideration? Carl, you can find a doula, you know, just Google one, and most of us do free consultations for the first time you call in. And just kind of get some ideas about, like, what do you want your birth experience to look like? Um, usually just from one conversation, you're going to get a ton of information that your OB didn't necessarily go over with you. Um, I think it's a great extra layer of care because the demand on the obstetricians and a lot of the really good midwives is it's high. So they don't have necessarily the time to sit down and talk with you for 30, 45 minutes to an hour about all uh-huh. your worries and stresses. They just don't. You're in. They measure you, you. You get your weight, and you're out of there. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I thought about this, but now it's too late. So what the doula right. is is someone who is going to be able to give you more tailored, more hand-holding, more hugging, more time to really uh, explore all your worries to help you put, you know, put that at ease and, and rest your mind. Because the number one ingredient to a healthy birth is uh, relaxation. 
So in okay. order for you to be relaxed, you know, you need to not be worried about just having information from a trusted source will give you sort of the comfort that you need to be relaxed and stress-free. And I really enjoyed this experience of bringing this baby into the world. And um, I, I, my sister, she has two sets of twins and a single. And I think she, in my opinion, had the best experience I've ever witnessed because she still likes being a mom. She, I mean, she had some days when she had the baby blues. I remember that. But she enjoys, you know, the growth of the kids, and she's, She's really into all of that stuff. And I remember when I was younger with my older two, it felt more like an obligation, you know, and it's as enjoyable as I see her having. Mm-hmm. And then even the her friends that are having babies, um, I'm saying, gosh, I want you all to keep that. I want you to continue to enjoy being a mom. You don't want to lose that and think, oh, I have this obligation. You don't want to feel weighted down. And I just see the joy in their face. I want to see more people have the opportunity to enjoy that part of, you know, their children's life, bringing them here. Because there's so many things we can worry about. There's so many things that can bog us down, and this seems like a, a very pleasant um, way to bring your child into this world and for you to be, a healthier way for you to choose to be as well. So it's not just about the baby. So you definitely educated me in that area. Will you share your information with people so they can connect with you outside of the show? Absolutely, and if you are um, recently had a baby or are pregnant or know someone is, I'd like to invite you to a free webinar that we're doing on Thursday, January 23rd at 6.45 p.m. Central Time. And we are doing a webinar on postpartum planning, and it's called No Mom is an Island, Creating a Postpartum Paradise for You and Your Baby. And that will uh, be my my associate doula, Sister Casey Muhammad, will be leading that class, and it is absolutely free. And everybody in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that registers and participates in the class will be eligible to win one free week of postpartum uh, doula care in their home. And for all of our nationwide participants, they'll be eligible to win an afterbirth sit bath. Um, that's totally natural and organic by Root Mama. And all of that information you find on our website, www.rootmama.org. Um, or you can call us at 68587-7668. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. But I guess the best hub would be our website, rootmama.org, and you can get connected to us in all those various ways. If they go out to rootmama.org, will they find a link to connect uh, or to register for the webinar? Yes. If you click on classes and events, um, we've got the registration link right there. You just click on and we'll get you we'll get your space reserved. All right, that sounds good. Thank you so much for being a part of this needs to be said. I'm going to get this posted on the TNTBS Talk Show fan page so people can see it there as well. All right. Okay, thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I really enjoyed that last interview. I hope you did, too. I'm going to post that webinar, that free webinar, out on the TNTBS Talk Show fan page in just a moment. 
so that you can tune into that. If you are considering bringing new life into this world or you're already pregnant or you know somebody who is, you can share that information with them. We're going to do one more thing before we get out of here is we're going to interview a gentleman about uh, getting ourselves a little more financially literate. So just sit tight, keep that pen and paper out. You might need to take some other paper out by now. You should have plenty of notes from all the great things we've shared here today. And we'll be back after this short break to talk with Mr. Joe Estrada. Create a buzz around your product or service through our custom-made media exposure packages. Get the recognition your business deserves. Show off your hard work through radio, television, and print media. We will place your product or service in 10 different media outlets. Let's give them something to talk about. Contact us today at info at thisneedstobesaid.com. That's info at thisneedstobesaid.com. It's back. The Big Business on a Bankrupt Budget Workshop Tour is now the B4 Virtual Conference. The 2014 B4 Tour is about rebranding, rebooting, and rebuilding your business. Join us on April 1st, 2014 from the comfort of your desktop, laptop, or smartphone. Enjoy more speakers and more solutions. If you are in business, thinking about business, or stuck in business, don't miss the 2014 B4 Virtual Conference. Register your virtual seat today at the TNTBS Talk Show Fan page. You probably have homeowner's insurance, but is your home covered wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling? There's a good chance that something in your home will stop working and need to be repaired or replaced. And if it does, will you be able to afford it? Like your AC or central air and heat stops working. Your plumbing system or plumbing pipes leak or break. Your kitchen or laundry appliance goes on the fritz. Not again. Your water heater explodes. Your electrical system goes out. How about that pool and spa pump? Oh, no. If you have a claim on your homeowner's insurance, who's going to help you pay your homeowner's insurance deductible? If you're in a car accident, who will help pay your auto deductible? How about protecting your money and identity? Does your homeowner's insurance help with that? Let us show you how you can get benefits to protect you against all these situations, plus much more, all in one package. If I were you, I'd call today to see if your home qualifies, like this family. Benefits provided through membership and a group association. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724 734 8043. That number again is 
thank you for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. We're going to be joined by Mr. Joe Estrada, and he has a very unique financial education uh, company. It's called Get Buzzy Education, Wealth Education for the Family. So this is an entire family thing. Usually when we talk about finances, we're talking about things like credit, things for adults. But this is getting the whole family involved. So at this time, I'd like to welcome Mr. Joe Estrada to the show. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Good day, Australia. I mean, good day, America. <laughs> good day. That's right. <laughs> and you're calling from Australia. Uh, wow. Wow. So I want to get right into your story. As I was reading over your bio, I'm, I was amazed. I, I always like to do interesting interviews. I mean, you, you once in a while you get some that kind of hit a wall. But I like what you, you took um, as what I would have felt like was defeat, where you were all of your, your wealth at that time or that, that view of wealth was taken away, and then you were restored to do something else and to give something else to the world. So without me trying to tell your story, without trying to tell your story, Will, you begin at the beginning, introduce yourself to the audience, and then give us how Get Buzzy Education came about. I mean, no, no, thank you, Catherine. Um, yeah, the story is, is, is not just my story, it's many people's stories, especially in the 21st century. Um, you know, as I said in my, my bio to you, you know, in 2007, I'd worked hard. I was 50 years old. I had um, built a portfolio, if you like, of 3.2 million, and um, God decided to take it all away in a series of, you could say, unfortunate or fortunate events. I mean, I now look at it as fortunate events because, you know, I mean, I've always wanted to make a difference since a child myself, but, and we, and we all do, you know. My passion is is children, but it is also families. It is just people. Um, and I've done, I could talk about this till the cows come home. There's a, a lot of research. There's a lot of experience behind this. I've done global research now, and this is all on my website, is, Globally, we're, the way I put it is we're in the 21st century, but we're still, you know, using or we're still acting like we're in the 1800s. Um, there is much more available nowadays, um, but when we're not using it. Families are not using it. Adults, many adults are not using it. Um, so my passion is because I know the challenges for adults. They're either too busy working, working all hours, they're either too inexperienced because you and I never got this education at school or they're, they're afraid and reluctant to get financial education and invest. And the, the thinking needs to change. But from all my research and from experience, where we can start and get these, making a better world, get these solutions out, is children, our children. I'll stop there and I'll let you have a go. <laughs> uh, wow, okay. Uh, you didn't have to stop right there. But um, what were what were your what were you doing when you acquired the three point two million? What was that business? Well, well, um, you know, God puts you on different paths, and I'm not here to preach or anything like that. But I, God's played an important part of my life, and He's there. You know, whatever, anyhow, whatever you believe is up to you. I suppose what I found is the story that I've got, Catherine, is many people's story. You know, for me, I started working when I was 15, 15 and a half. 
you know, and, um, uh, you know, just followed the path what everyone follows, what society, you know, pushes you to do it. You know, and this is why I believe we can do it better, especially to our kids. And that's what's my pro, it's on my program. It's a simple, comprehensive financial education program that what I've found makes sense to most adults, but most adults are not passing on to their kids. So the program there is to share with everybody to make a better world. My story is, left, started working at 15 and a half, you know, uh-huh. um, 16 and a half, joined, joined the Royal Navy. That was my passion and my goal, to be in the forces. The Royal, you know, uh, did five okay. years in the Royal Navy. Had to get a trade, you know. So I got a trade. I'm a tradesman vehicle spray painter. Um, got my trade, and then my at my time that that's at that time my my girlfriend decided to come to Australia. I followed her over here, um, and carried on my trade. Just thought, okay, go into business. So I started my own business uh, in vehicle repairs. Did that for seven years. Was successful at that. And then I decided to go into full-time martial arts sports. Um, and uh, started a new career. Was successful at that, built, built uh, a massive club in Sydney, um, and then there was an opportunity to go to the UK, or back to the UK for me. So I went back to the UK, built, re- rebuilt or built up a big organisation there, and then at 15, through a series of events, a fortunate, as I said, um, I, I then lost everything. Though it's not, you know, for my family, that was a, it was a big, you know, change, as you can imagine. Um, but in through all of that, I've always wanted to make a difference. And I realized why all the things I'd learned. At, at that time, I had six properties. I had land. I had shares. I had a well-paying, you know, job. Um, but, you know, my boss, boss made some errors and I lost. You know, that, that didn't help me. I didn't uh-huh. lost everything in the, in, the, in the also the global crunch came along the GFC. So anyway, from all that, I realised, wait a minute, I know all this stuff, and I care about people. How comes we're not teaching people this stuff, and especially kids? So what happened was I wrote a book in 24 hours. I just got inspired, it was, and it's called Millionaire Mind at Nine. It's, okay. You can get it. You can download. For free on my website, I get by the education.com. It's just an introduction for parents and kids to the, the and what I find most parents agree with the two things that I believe we should pass on to our kids, um, and that can make a better world. And my, now, for the last six years, I've been pushing this forward, doing lots of research, seminars, all sorts of stuff, writing books, writing material doing my bit to try and make a better world and connecting up with people like yourself. Wow. Wow. So your so you, your background was in finances, yes? What, what it was in, Catherine, was in, uh, here, here, put it this way, the financial education of the School of Hard Knocks. You okay. Know, oh, well, that, that's even better. That's even better. Because <laughs> I heard you ask the question, why aren't we teaching this information to other people that we care about. So I just wanted to see um, how this tied in. And through your perceived loss, you gained, and you were inspired to write this book in 24 hours, um, Millionaire Mind at Nine. And you said that's on your website. Is that on Get Buzzy or is that on another site? 
Can we find that on Get Buzzy? No, Get Buzzy Education. Yeah, you can okay. see downloads on GetBuzzyEducation.com. Absolutely, Get Buzzy Education, and they can go out there and get this free download of this book. But in this, you want to make sure that we are teaching our families to be financially literate, the children included. Why? I mean, it it, it seems like a good idea. I mean, we didn't learn in school. You learned through the School of Hard Knocks, but why do you feel like this was given to you to be the gift that you give to the world? (laughs) Thank you, Kirsten. Okay, all my research, and again, I've been fortunate since I was, I started traveling when I was 15-ish. I went to Italy, my first country, joined the Royal Navy. I've traveled all over the world. I've lived in Australia, England, and I've been to America many times and other places. But my, again, in the last six years, again, my research found in America, Australia, England, you know, pretty much most countries that, if you like, are, you know, uh, more affluent, um, there, I found very little financial education for children. And, in fact, there, there is education for adults, as, as I'm sure you're aware, but that's, an, that's another subject. I suppose, you know, as I could talk about it, the cows come home, but what I've realized is um, that's why I created GetByTheEducation.com. Um, okay. And on there is my simple program. I believe if we teach or introduce our children to a job, which is one source of income, uh-huh. but we, what, what, in the 21st century, you can create multiple sources of income. So why would you rely on just one, and especially when that one sometimes can go, like it did for me after uh-huh. a senior career, things change. You know, we aren't going to that now. But So on my program, I believe... And, and this is from my research, as I say. I've found, you know, banks will tell you to save. You know, some parents will tell you to buy property. Others might tell you to get into shares. Otherwise, tell you, might tell you to get a trade and a job. Well, what I, my path was, I've done all these things. Um, and what I realized is, wait a minute. Why, like in school, you do many subjects. Why don't, why don't you introduce all these things to children? Now, I've, done, I've been to schools and colleges. I've spoken at them, done events. And schools generally, the education system, from my research, again, is too busy. The curriculum is too full. The second thing is I believe the best people to teach about money are parents because most parents and adults already – one of my programs is called Black Belt Money Clever or Money Clever Black Belt. And the Black Belt part is to inspire children. I'm also very much into health and the martial arts. But I think imagine our children being a black belt in money, if we can get that idea across. So uh. my, you'll see on my site videos of my son. I've started basically introducing. You can at any age this can be done. All right. I put a, there's a, on my site uh, again. Oh, something I put together is the money clever alphabet. So instead of teaching our uh. kids apple B for ball, C for cat, how about a for assets, B for bank, C for credit, D for debt, E for equity, and the whole alphabet. I've got okay. a promotional alphabet on there. Uh, you'll see my son. He's now six. He was about four and a half, five, um, and he's repeating or going through the alphabet with me. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm lifting his financial literacy. Um, you know, and 
you know, my thing is, children are very intuitive. They know when mum and dad is struggling financially, you know, and, you know, they, they know what's happening. So, but anyway, on the positive side, the great thing is kids have so much potential, as we all know. And we all know, this is, what, this is in money, Millionaire Mind at Nine, the two questions I ask parents. Okay. One is, you've got children, Catherine, if I may ask, please? I do, actually. I have three children, two in their 20s and one at 13. Okay, you look much younger on your picture. <laughs> <laughs> I am much younger. That's right. Good answer. Yeah. Age is just a number. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so here's the question I ask parents, Catherine, is one, in the future, do you want your children to achieve whatever they want? Yeah. And the answer is? You do. Of course, You want yeah. that, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. And the second thing is, do you think that financial education would help them achieve what they want in their future? And yes, again. Yeah. Okay. If those two things you say yes to, have a look at my website, getbytheeducation.com. Take whatever you need, all right? See, much of this, I believe parents know it. But what I found globally missing is, a, is a, what I call a comprehensive financial education program plan and path. So with my material, I put this together. It's, to me, it's not about the money, Catherine. It's about making a better world and leaving a legacy for our kids. Now, and most of this stuff is common sense, but if you, if you need a bit of help, my website's there. Videos are there. You know, a lot of it is very, I've made it very colourful and child-friendly, but you know the old saying, a picture says a thousand words. It does. It would does. you like to know? And I, go ahead. Go on, go on, please. I was going to say, would you I, like, I would. again. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go I'm going to wait. I was going to say, Catherine, again, I'm just on a bit of a roll. Um, again, uh-huh. I, as I say, what happened? I wrote this book in 24 hours, and I thought, okay, I've just lost 3.2 million solutions for the world. I'll make some money back. Well, that didn't happen. God decided to put me on a, a lifetime mission, and um, I thought, wait a minute, I've got to get this out there. So what happened was over the next three and a half months, back in 2007, I wrote a further two books. I wrote three books, child-friendly books, produced them, self-published them, and got them out there. And, and all this led me on a journey to realize, wait a minute, this is a global problem. For example, I've just set up, a little while ago, I set up a blog site, a website, for a group of teachers in Uganda. You know, uh-huh. um, I've got contacts all over America. I've got a lady in Maryland. She's just written a book. She's from Uganda. She lives in the States. I met her in America. I met her in the UK. She's mad. And, the, and just like you, we're all mad to make a difference. And this is my passion, is, you know, for all of us, we want to make a better world. Um, and with financial education, for us and our children, we all can make a difference. Because usually when you want to make a difference, the thing it comes down to for many is the money. To get your message out there, to make it happen, sometimes money is required. If it's not, great, get out there and do it. But if it is, uh-huh. you know, especially for family well-being, what I call family wealth being is, uh-huh. you know, we all talk, I think it's on my website, but we talk about, I've heard this over the years, you know, wait a minute, you know, wealth is happiness, health and family. But my whole thing is if you don't include financial education and you don't inc- include some wealth 
building, then many times health, family, relationships struggle. You know? Um, yeah. So have, what I say yeah. is, you know, I say simple stuff that we can teach to our kids, but also what, what, what I put together, there is so many solutions for adults for now. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme, but this is, you know, with your kids, like I'm involving my kids, you know, I intend to make, help them become financially better off to make their difference in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I think we, we flounder in, and we, we don't, I've, I've heard this, you've brought a solution for us to help our children, as well as help ourselves to leave that legacy for our children. We see the problem, I think, trying to put it in um, a tangible um, manner like you have with your book, to put it in understanding, uh, easy to understand steps like you did with the ABCs. It's just something that we just haven't done. It's, it's this big, well, it seems like it's this big thing to conquer, but you've made alphabets, you made the, you know, do the, your finances with the ABCs, and you, you've made it simple. You've made it simple for us to be able to share this with our, our children and, and break it down in what would be called layman's terms so that even someone who may be afraid of financial conversations or math or things like that, because if we were weak in math in school, we may say, okay, I hear you, Joe, but this isn't necessarily for me. That's not my strong suit. You've made it user-friendly that it's basic enough for our children to understand, but not so basic that it undermines what the adults can bring to the table. And if we are automatically doing these things that you're talking about, we now know how to teach those. When a person knows how to automatically save money or build wealth, they don't always know how to teach that to someone else. So you put all of that in a comprehensive manner. So this, I mean, this is good with GetBuzzy.com. So people can go out and get some things that can get them started by downloading some of your free tools, and they can connect with you to get even further information and training uh, to build the wealth that you've already built. You've done it before. Now you're back again to, to do it in a different manner through, you know, having that balance. We can be happy and be financially uh, stable and secure as well as, you know, just be real well-rounded. So, I mean, this is good stuff. So thank you for that. No, thank you, Catherine. You've, you've nailed it. Here's one of the things, if I may say, I don't know how much time I've got, but one of the things is, you know, I've looked at the historical facts as well. If you like, in the 1800s, the world was growing. We needed, you know, we, we succumbed to becoming a workforce. But in the 21st century, with the GFC that's hit the whole, you know, I, I lived in the UK. It held there. You know, I was born in the UK. You know, uh-huh. it touched Australia. Um, it, as you know, it's touched America. I'm in touch with many people in, in the U.S. Um, who are doing good work, um, who are interested in what I'm doing. But the thing is, historically, as I say, we needed a workforce. But in the 21st century, things have changed. And in fact, you know, in the 1800s, could build wealth for most people was to get a job. But nowadays, here's my program, Catherine. What, all my research, because I used to coach kids in martial arts. I've also coached salespeople. Um, you know, uh, I've, well, anyway, I coached sales people for, for 16, 20 years. My uh-huh. whole thing is what I realized is, here's my program, just so people know, is it all, my program starts with goals. 
because if, if you don't know where you're going, you don't know how much you want to have, then you're probably not going to get there. So the first thing is, what's your children's goals? What, in fact, what are your goals for them? Because I believe parental guidance is needed. Now, I believe also if a family works together over the next five to ten years, together with their kids, I don't care how old they are, they can start to build some wealth. I listen to my kids. I listened to my son since he was six months old. In fact, he was the one who inspired me, <laughs> if you can get this, six months old to start Get Buzzy Education after we lost everything. But that's another story. Uh, so don't make okay. my if I make. So the whole thing is start with your goals. What's your kids' goals? What's your goals for them? You know? Um, and this is where I really love, and you know, I've done seminars with parents and kids together. It's exciting. I love working with kids and I love working with people. Second step, it's on my program, is saving. Saving is one, you know, is one budgeting. And, and what I say on my program is, if you've got strong goals, then you'll save for the things you want. And if, you want to, if you'll start saving, then you'll start budgeting, because you'll start to cut out the un- unnecessary. A job is one source of income. All right? But build multiples. Don't make it your only source of income, as many people do. Uh-huh. You know, from there, the next stage is the internet. Just like you're using, you know, it's great what you've created, uh, Catherine. You know, I'm just starting to get my head around it, and I'm excited because this is the stuff I love. I believe the internet is a great opportunity for families, but you know what? Most people haven't a clue about it. And so my programs are introducing what they can do. The next step is property. I believe property is a great source of income and a great way to build wealth. And in my book, Millionaire Mind, at nine, I believe... If, if imagine if our children have two or three properties by the time they're 30, 40 years old, then they will be in a better, better position than many people are to, today as a source of income as a world. And you know what, Catherine? I, I research uh-huh. all over the world. And for example, I can buy property in Australia. I, so I can buy American property in Australia. You know? Oh, really? Many of the people in Australia see, see opportunities right now in America. But there's opportunities all over the world. That's the great thing about the 21st century. But for many adults, as I said, because they weren't taught this stuff, they're looking, and especially because of the GFC, many people are struggling. That's, you know, it's terrible, as you know. And, but over the next five to ten years, you start introducing my program, your information, your common sense to your kids, making this a better world. You know, my mission, for example, I may say, I got to my, made my million. In fact, my next book, I'm just making it, writing up with my son, and you'll see the picture maybe on my Facebook or on my site soon. I did. It's called, I did see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we used to say that years ago. It used to be the thing. I want to be a millionaire by 30. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. I do. So that's my new book with my son, A Millionaire okay. by 30. Because I believe our children can be a millionaire by 30. You know, I did it by 50, and it wasn't probably until the lo- between 40 and 50 that I really started to start to educate myself and get my head around it. But imagine, like my son, what if we start teaching them at 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 15 years old these uh, how to create sources of income? You know, so the same uh-huh. my son, he's doing there's some videos on them, you'll see him talking about it. Um, you know, it's exciting. That's what I want to tell parents. It's exciting because we all love our children, you know? you know. Love yourself as well, but your yeah. children, imagine what they can do with this education. 
This is what legacy building is all about. Well, let's do this because we got to get ready to go. Joe, I've enjoyed talking to you in Australia and talking about GetBuzzy.com where people can connect with you outside of this radio show. Thank you so much for putting this together. Thank you for your son encouraging you uh, for your new project as well. And we're going to continue to um, have you back. i got to have you back on because this is something that needs to be said. It's an elephant in the room. We don't.